listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. Since 2009, the Pharmacy Podcast has been leading podcast publications as the insider voice of the pharmacy industry. Explore the profession and business of pharmacy through audio. Join us at PharmacyPodcast.com or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, or any of your favorite podcast directories. Hey there, this is Todd Uri with the Pharmacy Podcast Network. We are excited to be at the APHA 2022. And this is going to be an amazing event where we're going to be interviewing several pharmacists, stakeholders, people in our industry that is changing and transforming the industry, transforming pharmacy as we know it. Please stay tuned. Make sure you share on social media and use hashtag APHA 2022. Thank you so much for everything you do as our favorite providers. Together RX. Hashtag Together RX. APHA 2022. This is exciting to be here in San Antonio, Texas. And we're here with Dr. Wendy Mobley Buckstein. Welcome, Wendy. How are you? Thank you. I'm doing great. And I'm telling you, like, I am like absorbing all of the energy here. I'm just trying to like get it all in so that when I go home, I still have the same amount of energy when I leave. That's awesome. We're so excited to be supporting the American Pharmacists Association, leading healthcare, changing and transforming healthcare. The board is very special because you kind of set that leadership role of what our community, health system, specialty, long-term care pharmacists can do in really enhancing patient care through medication management. Could you tell us a little bit about yourself and your mission and being part of the board? Sure. So. I have a very diverse background as far as uh, practice. So I started out in a community chain pharmacy, I moved to a critical access hospital, and now I'm in academia. So, uh, and as an academician, I also have a clinical practice site in an ambulatory care clinic. And so I would tell you, ultimately, this is probably the dream job that I have now, because I, not only do I get to share my passion for pharmacy with students, but then I also still get to see patients and I get to interact with providers. And so it's a, it's a really great experience for me. But uh, currently I serve as a diabetes care and education specialist in um, a federally qualified health center. So my role there is really to uh, increase their quality indicators. So decreasing A1Cs, decreasing people's blood pressure, decreasing their cholesterol panel, really more of a like cardiometabolic look at a person's health. So. I do a lot of those things. I take rotation students, I take uh, early experience students, so just really showing the students what's possible for pharmacists. And so I think that that's what I try to bring to the board is just that active clinician, provider, what are we doing on the front lines? You know, we In the clinic, we may not have been seeing patients, but we were still calling them on the phone, we were still trying to get them on Zoom and trying to really you know, make sure that they were doing okay during the pandemic when we didn't have those patients with chronic disease coming in because we didn't want them to get COVID. Yep. What has leadership taught you? What has it taught you to stand out and have a little bit more visibility on not only your name, but the role that you play within your community? You know, I, um, I, I guess leadership for me has never been about being the person up on the stage and, and having a face. It's more about trying to make sure that you're listening to all the other individuals and being able to collectively take their information and their voices and pushing it forward. Yes, that's exactly what we do. I have always felt when we started getting the 
the podcast popularity, we started seeing growth. Immediately I turned back to pharmacists and said, so now how can we use this platform to advance those voices and then literally have them reach out to politicians, reach out to primary care, reach out to nursing, reach out to you know, government agencies that provide funding and, and make it easier for them on a jog or on a walk or chopping vegetables to listen and say, wow, I didn't realize that pharmacists had the capabilities of doing what they're doing, the impact it's having on public health. And that's kind of the question that I have leading into you. Talk to me about your mission now. Um, you're on the board, but when you leave the board, your mission continues. Tell us about that. Right. So, I, you know, the American Pharmacists Association is for all of pharmacy, you know, and I think that um, in the past, perhaps we we have felt like, or at least the the profession has felt like, APHA was mostly about like the ambulatory setting and the, the community-based setting. But uh, you know, we're really trying to draw in other individuals. So we now have the Health System Strategic Council, the HSSC, trying to really draw in those health system pharmacists as well and show them that we're here to support them as well. And so I've been working um, with the HSSC to bring a new business item to the House of Delegates. Okay. I'm really passionate about it because it, it has to do with the way that um, pharmacies are being paid for specialty services and especially those uh, specialty pharmacy items that have to be infused um, in you know, an outpatient setting, that kind of thing, and making sure that you know, the, the drug is reaching the, the pharmacy in a way, you know, or the, the site of administration in a way that it's not been adulterated in any way. So we talk a lot about brown bagging and white bagging and, and clear bagging. And so uh, just really, I had no idea what any of those things were because I work in a federally qualified health center where we, we don't have people on medications like that. And if we do, they're getting it through a patient assistance program. So uh, it was really enlightening to me to learn more about it, just to really see how uh, passionate uh, these, you know, these individuals on the HSSC were about the topic and really wanting to develop something that would, you know, allow APHA to have some sort of policy about that when we have stakeholders coming and asking us questions about it. Well, Wendy, I want to thank you so much for participating in the APHA 2022 Locked on Pharmacy post show. And we can't wait to continue to support you. Please let us know at the Pharmacy Podcast whatever we can do to amplify your voice. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Hey there, APHA 2022 with the one and only Dr. Mark Garofoli. He is the pain guy, hashtag pain guy. If you go to painpod.us, you can actually listen to his podcast. But this is special for me. Mark, I've been your friend for about two years now and a big fan of yours and what you're doing in pain management done at WVU, West Virginia University of School of Pharmacy. But there's something also special about you because you're kind of a researcher and a pharmacist in, in both and you really look for things trending in pain management and you bring that to the table to kind of amplify that concept. Could you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and, and what you're most passionate about in fact? Absolutely, Todd. And uh, I, I feel like we were we were friends somehow even long before that. It, it's just natural. But um, So I might not have a lot of hair, but I have a lot of hats. <laughs> Maybe that's related. Uh, like most people, even here at APHA 2022, everybody's busy. Everybody is busy. Um, Perhaps one of the most important components of this meeting overall is just that whole the rejuvenation thing. Uh, pe people like myself, yourself, everyone here, we, we do wear a lot of hats. And, and for myself, 
Um, I've got, you know, in my background, of course, community pharmacy. Uh, did that with leadership, field management and whatnot, embedded for about a decade. Uh, then did uh, some managed care pharmacy, some MTM clinical pharmacy, and now um, am blessed to be able to be the director of experiential learning with our WVU School of Pharmacy, uh, teaching our school medicine, WVU School of Medicine uh, fellowship pain program. I, I, like many others, can't even count the CE <laughs> offerings of, of uh, opportunities that have been had with uh, you know folks like Free CE, so on and so forth. Uh, Pain Week, oh my gosh, it's like part of my bloodline now. Yes. Um, just amazing opportunities of a lot of Carpe Diem out there. What's fun is how Pain Week, which is this major conference surrounding pain management, has looked to you for the pharmacist intervention into so many concepts in titration, in pain management, in specific disease states that pain goes along with, like sickle cell and all that other stuff. You bring a unique perspective and you do it with comedy, you do it with intelligence, and I think that's really unique. So I also want to kind of ask you the question of, let's talk about pain for a second. So we have pharmacists listening. This is the APHA 2022 post show. Talk to us high level about pharmacists out there who are curious, what's, what is innovation in pain today? Innovation in pain today is similar to innovation in pain decades ago, really. It, it's innovation is innovation is innovation. And at the core, it's thinking outside the box. Yes, there will, there have been, there will always hopefully be new pharmacological options, new medications for pain, but it's the tip of the iceberg. And uh, during the, the keynote even to, at APHA 2022, I was talked about of just the, the pharmacist being there to have the conversations. Yep. Um, yes, there'll be new medications. Yes, there'll be new devices. There'll be new um, interventional procedures and devices. There'll be new things, hopefully, always, for all yep. of our patients in pain, pray to God, hopefully always. But at the core of it all is people given a darn and given a minute, most likely more than a minute, Yes. Uh, to actually help people. And, and that's, I think, you know, you mentioned the teaching with laughter. I can't learn it if I'm not laughing, because I get bored easily. Yes. And I found out I'm not alone. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, if you look online, various social medias and all that, you, you know, you mentioned pain guy and all that, you'll see it and it's, it's to pull people together. I, I had a moment, the first day of APHA 2022 was the, well, the pre-day was the Pain Institute. And absolutely amazing day. It was like an overlap almost, not directly with, with Pain Week, as you mentioned. A lot of the faculty from Pain Week were presenting at the Pain Institute at APHA. Of course, you, you got the people that do the, this and you want them there. But afterwards, I had somebody come up to me pharmacist who actually graduated from uh, the university that my wife and I work at and uh, WVU Mountaineers uh, go first and and they said you know you made a LinkedIn post a couple weeks ago and I was like well you might want uh, uh, well, we, uh oh <laughs> put some dicey stuff on there you know um, and I said uh, was it free PHA the Riverwalk one she's like oh yeah and then she's like I just want you to know and here's the blow your head up moment she's like it was that post that got me here today. She Jeez. said, I have to work all week, all weekend, but I came today because I saw that. And I was just like, blown away, forest within the trees, take a minute, and I'm like, Ian, you're probably not alone. And we need that voice and thank God for the Pharmacy Podcast Network and what you have built. 
because we're not good at that as pharmacists. Yeah. We pharmacize. We don't publicize. True. It's just not I like it. this. So. You pharmacize. You don't publicize. We publicize. The <laughs> Pharmacy Podcast is all about amplifying the voice of pharmacists. I've been so proud, personally proud, to have you. When you came to my studio and walked into my studio, it was like a, it was like I could hear like claps in my head because the star walked in. I also want to give a shout-out to somebody very special to us both, more special to you than me, Dr. Gretchen Garofoli, PharmD. She's a champion of community pharmacy. I've seen her work at her community pharmacy. She's so passionate about it. She's also passionate as a, as a teacher by leading and servant leadership. I just want to give a shout out. You guys are a power couple. Uh, we don't have enough power couples in pharmacy. So I wanted to just say hello to Gretchen as well. Uh, you hit the nail on the head there. That's, that's as I said at uh, my adulting farm talk on the, the first full day of APHA 2022. She's my mentor. Um, and, and we all have many mentors, of course, but it, it, it's the things that uh, she brings to the table along with our entire team in the whole state of West Virginia. It's, it's certainly not even just WVU and Mountaineers, but it, it's, um, you know, I, I mentioned the Mountaineers go first idea. Um, you know, we went, we graduated from Pitt. I mean, that's, that's just like a walking oxymoron right there. That's, that's just <laughs> weird. I mean, that's a backyard bro and walking form. <laughs> Um, and the two of us are not alone. There's actually multiple others and, and vice versa as well. It's, but a lot of people catch on that uh, a lot of us pharmacists care. And, and nobody gives a darn what you know until you care. And so, yes, the publicizing, but also the, the caring, I think has been emphasized a lot uh, throughout APHA 2022. So. Well, Mark, thank you so much for your work. Thank you for being a member of the Pharmacy Podcast Network. And thank you so much for your research and your study and really being out there as the front man for pain management and pharmacists. Absolutely. It is a pleasure, and I can't thank you enough as well. Uh, the, the overall, you know, even for folks who, who didn't get to attend APHA 2022 for, I'm assuming, presuming, never assume, um, presuming for very good reasons because you're probably on the front lines. You yes. might even be on the front lines right now or maybe on a bike, but um, yeah. either way, it, it's uh, one of the themes was rejuvenating. Uh, APHA 2022 has been electric. Uh, perhaps with a, a little bolus dose of the boogie-woogie, I guess the song goes. <laughs> um, it, it's the bolus dose for everybody, whether virtually attending, in person, uh, or, or pharmacizing. Either yes. way, it, it's what we all need. We've got a lot going on in our heads, on our shoulders, and everything. And may, may the force be with everyone going forward to continue providing that patient care everywhere. Thank you, Mark. Thank you. You are listening to the APHA 2022 Post Show. We've heard from Dr. Wendy Buckstein, as well as the pain guy, Dr. Mark Garofoli, from the Pain Pod. Next up, Todd passes the mic to Bruce Nealon from Pharmacy Crossroads, as he interviews Dr. Zach Renfro with Pharmacy Insurance Group. So hello, everybody. This is Bruce Nealon on the floor of the American Pharmacist Association 2022 annual meeting. And I just ran into a longtime friend who's involved in doing what I think is an amazing new piece of opportunity for pharmacists. Uh, Zach, tell us who you are. Zach Renfro, he's with the Pharmacist Insurance Group or the Pharmacy Insurance Group. Uh, Zach, say hello to the people watching the show and tell us a little bit about what Pharmacy Insurance Group does. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me on, Bruce, and uh, thanks to the Pharmacy Podcast Network for having me here. I'm excited to be at APHA again in person. So uh, as a pharmacist myself, I, I know the importance of impacting your patients and doing it in a way that allows you to ensure that they have the right Medicare plans uh, for their needs. 
Uh, and so the Pharmacy Insurance Group has been a group that's part of the Waypoint Company that allows us to work with pharmacies to have agents set up in their pharmacies by having a separate business to allow them to actually go through the consultation process of Medicare, uh, as, as initially Medicare, and then other opportunities as they pro uh, progress, but then allows us to go through the whole process of getting them uh, approved uh, and getting uh, them signed up for their Medicare. And at that point, they will uh, get their uh, Medicare insurance card and they'll get their supplement and other things that, that, that they need, all their healthcare um, insurance needs. And then they get paid the commission. Yeah, so, so yeah. to be clear, we've been helping people select a plan, but then they had to buy it from somebody else. So now you're tackling that issue. Yeah. And tell me who actually sells it, who signs the contract? Yeah, absolutely. So the Pharmacy Insurance Group is a master general agency in that we are uh, the ones that have a, we have an umbrella organization that the pharmacies would have their agencies built under. And from there, they would go through the process of basically the same process they've done for years. And it would allow them to have that conversation, make sure that there's no patient steering involved, give right. them some options, make sure that it's, what, it's what's best for the patient, and then from there, they would uh, just go through the, the full process of getting them signed up for their Medicare, and then the the agent, who, if it's a pharmacist, that is uh, doing it as a separate entity, uh, somewhere in the pharmacy, not at the pharmacy counter, but uh, at, the, at the pharmacy, either there or uh, somewhere else, they could do those, uh, they could have that type of setup to where they would get them signed up for their Medicare, and they would be able to move forward from there. Great. Well, thanks, Zach. Uh, the name of the company, again, is Pharmacy Insurance Group. Yes, sir. And um, it's being provided through the Waypoint uh, Financial Assistance Company, right? Just Waypoint? Yeah, it's just the Waypoint Company. Okay. Yeah, so Waypoint provides a number of uh, other resources for pharmacists and their teams. Uh, both for transitioning in and out of the, of the profession, as well as any type of um, mutual funds or life insurance and other, uh, other retirement plans as well. So. Well, great. Thank yes, you sir. so much and enjoy the show. Thank you, sir. Thank you. So, you know, there are sensitive subjects in healthcare that sometimes we would like to avoid, and that's because they're complex and it's not an easy fix. It's kind of funny because if you think of pharmacy and you think of our American culture, they want to take a pill and they want to be better rather than getting out and exercising or really controlling your diabetes or whatever. And the subject that I want to talk today about at the APHA 2022, we're here at the booth, it's, it's an honor to be here, is burnout and how burnout impacts public health Burnout is dangerous because our, our HCPs, our healthcare providers, our pharmacists are, are tired. This pandemic has beat up everybody. I'm standing here with somebody very special to me, special to our industry, and a champion of healthcare, a champion of public health, Dr. Bled Tanoe. She's the founder of Pizza Is Not Working, and it's not. Hashtag Pizza Is Not Working. Bled, welcome to the Pharmacy Podcast, the Locked On Pharmacy uh, post-conference show for here at the American Pharmacists Association. Yeah, thank you, Todd, for having me. It's, it's good to be back again with you. Thank yes, you. it's good to have you back. <laughs> um, first of all, let's start with you. Let's talk about why did you want to become a pharmacist, number one, and then tell us a little bit about your earlier career in pharmacy. 
Yeah, so pharmacies ha um, has always been super special to my heart because um, I was a very sickly child back home and going to the pharmacy was almost seeing the end of the sickness and so there was just this really special bond there and so when I was given the choice and between pharmacy, medicine and other things I chose because I wanted to be where the patients were, be able to um, be this life for them, you know, to make sure that they, they knew they were going to be okay and just really get to know them on a very personal level because that was really important for me and so Choosing a career path in community pharmacy was what I, I always wanted to do. I have never envisioned anything as bad being a community pharmacist. And I, even though I work in the hospital, I am still very much a retail girl at heart. And I don't think that is ever going to leave. And so um, it was such a privilege for the times I have serve as a retail pharmacist to really get to know my patient on a very intimate level and to really take that just behind the, the pill, you know, the battle, but to really anticipate their need and to be able to advocate for them and to fight for them. And so that was very endearing and very just rewarding for me. So now we come to kind of the evolution of your career, the experiences that you had as a retail pharmacist and the pace that retail pharmacists have to, um, have to keep up daily mm -hmm. and now the pandemic descends on us right and it just blows everything up it shuts everything down but pharmacists were there still they didn't shut down actually they got even busier right? yeah yeah so during that time it accentuated something and that was the element of what is burnout what is true burnout it's not a buzzword it's, it's literally like it's in it's it's crippling mm -hmm. operations and people and, mm -hmm. and so tell me what came about in your life that really made you kind of take a step back and said, someone has to do something about the staffing issues, someone has to do something about the impact that this is having on my patient care, my patient safety. Yeah. And expand upon what is pizza is not working. Yeah, I mean, and then we have been talking about this, just the fact the way we have been feeling as a community has been happening for the last 10 and 20 more years. So this is not really new, but I think the pandemic just came and just accentuated everything, you know. So we need to very be aware that, you know, people before us have been talking about the issue of burnout, you know, but it just hasn't been a way to really get it out, you know. And so uh, for me, I always try to... My whole passion was, um, uh, was my, my patience. And so in spite of the burnout and everything, that was my focus, and that's why it really kept me going when I probably wouldn't have left, you know, a long time ago. But it actually came to a turning point for me where I realized how unsafe it was when we were really getting to start COVID vaccine and testing. You and I had this discussion where I realized that my technicians and my, my staff in general was not ready to handle that on top of caring for the patient the way I have taught them to. And so that really became a concern that I brought up to how it happened, and the answer was very devastating to me. That made me realize that we need to address the fact that patient safety is not a priority anymore when it comes to where we work, um, especially in the major chain. It's more about profit and just doing everything else but patient care. And that became really the turning point for me and really getting to get those conversations out. And that's how really PIXA is not working. I mean, also came to be where um, I was approached by a technician who really expressed the fact that his concern for patient care was, was really 
dense and didn't really know how he would take off himself mentally, physically. And when your technicians are talking about burnout, you really, really have to listen. So even as pharmacists, we're having discussion. I didn't really register yet, but Pixar is not working was born out of that discussion with the technician, realizing that we need to do more for the people who are actually the backbone of pharmacy. When they feel that pressure, something is really broken and we need to be addressing that, yeah. So the thing is, is we have district managers that mean well, they control large groups of employees, both pharmacists, technicians, people at the cashier, and there's lots of pressure on them too. Mm -hmm. But you bring a problem to one of them, and the next thing you know, they order you a pizza party <laughs> to try to kind of like snuff it out and say, mm -hmm. well, here's a way of of um, giving you kind of a break. So go have a pizza party. By the way, I don't know when you're eating this pizza because <laughs> you can't even take a normal break or a bathroom break or anything. And we're not trying to, by the way, I want people to know this about the APHA as well as Pharmacy Podcast Network and our publications and our reach and our social media. Mm -hmm. We are not vilifying CVS, Walgreens, Rite Aid, Costco, Walmart, you know, Kroger, Publix, all of these major chains. We are not vilifying you. We just want you to realize that the people that are in the trenches are experiencing something that management is not experiencing. Yeah, absolutely. Because they're sitting behind their laptops. Not that they're not working hard. They're under pressure too. But it's the board of director level stuff. Mm -hmm. that these people have probably reached a point in their careers where they're not only very wealthy people, but they don't experience the trenches to take care of our patients. Yeah. And Board of Directors, if you're listening to this right now, CVS Board of Directors, Walgreens Board of Directors, Rite Aid Board of Directors, pizza is not working. No. <laughs> and that's not just a hashtag. We're saying that we want you to come to the table, mm -hmm. listen to the pharmacists that are some of your superstars that love their communities. Mm -hmm. We love our patients. Yeah. We love our profession. Yes. I love this profession. Mm -hmm. I love what you do, bud, as, mm -hmm. a, as a pharmacist, someone who cares. I can see it exude from you. It comes out in what you're saying. We are not vilifying the chain pharmacies. We're saying something has to change for number one, patient safety mm -hmm. and staffing, and number two, for the, for the livelihoods of pharmacists who are so burnt out that they don't want to be a pharmacist anymore. Yeah. That's dangerous. Yeah, exactly. So what do you think of that? Well, and I think it's important to realize that they're all bad and good apples regardless. So when we talk about district manager and leaders with all kind of like the middlemen between pharmacists and the C-suite, there are some of them who are really trying to make change, but the power is also very limited. Or there are some who actually don't care. So it's, I feel that the district leaders are actually the one having some of the harder issue because we come to them with those questions and, and, and those concerns, and they're kind of stuck in the middle because how do they how do they take that and move forward and, and, and bring change when they don't really have the power to make those changes, you know? Or they can really try harder. So it's really hard to say where the blame is. I think, let's be honest, we all have share of blame on what happened. Even as pharmacists, I hate to say, but we do, you know, but 
you correct, the, the decision-making comes from above. People who have never stepped into the pharmacy, people who have not been in pharmacy for a long time, we don't even understand the process of insurance and taking care of patients. So we're living the fate of our profession and the, and the, and the patients in the hands of those people, and we expect them to really know what, what to do. So they have to come to the level, and it's all about culture. And I have said before, there are two cultures. There, are, there is the vertical culture, which is us and uh, the directors, and there's also the culture between us and patients. Until we heal the culture between us and the directors, we are actually putting the, the patient safety in danger. So pharmacists living in the profession sh should never happen. We chose it because we love our patients, but we put in a place where we can't anymore, right? I, like I said, I love community pharmacy. Every day I wonder what happened to my patient who had autism. Did somebody actually take off them the way I did? What happened to the one that had her finger cast because of diabetes? Did somebody know how to wrap her, her bag in her hand? What happened to my kid who used to be sick all the time? What happened to all those people when I took the time to learn their name and to know the entire family? This is what we're made for. But we have put in an environment where we are asked to be somebody else. And the core of who we are as pharmacists is being taken away. And so we are asking, you have the power as a director, this, the, the CEO of all those big companies, you actually have the power to make change. Yes. Big size not working is a metaphor. It's anything, it's genes. Yes. Gene for Friday, right? Or cookies or whatever. You are choosing to address the concern that we have as healthcare provider that can actually impact our patient. You're choosing to ignore that and give us everything. This is where the breaking down is. And that's why it's important for pharmacists who are not in the sector of community to really be raising the voice because we have concern of retaliation and intimidation so that, you know, because people cannot speak out for because they're afraid of their job. Yeah. So those of us who are no longer in that system, we have a duty to speak out for them. And that's why I'm encouraging everybody, hey, get into your association, run, in, run into those board of pharmacy position, do all those things because if we're not in that circle, we are either at the, at the table as male or we are sitting on that table. So two things gonna happen, right? And so there's just so much going on, there's so much work to do, and there's no one solution, there's no, one person. It would take all of us. It would take patients and, and lawmakers and pharmacists and technicians and students and everybody really coming together and say, we want to fix this. How do we do this? And we take the big chains, the Walmart, the CVS, the Walgreens. And not all here. We can, we can be cordial and talk about that, yeah. you know. But I'm also realizing I know what I represent to them. I am this person who, who have become their enemy. My, my whole goal is to bring the structure back together. Hey, come sit with me and I can tell you what your pharmacists want based on what I get in my emails. Those emails, I get them, you don't because we are working on a different level. So they're just, they're just really a lot. And so it would take all of us to make this work, Todd. And yeah. I know that from their perception at that high level, those board of directors, yeah. CEO, mm -hmm. I know that they're concerned with the stock price of their company. Yeah, absolutely. That is not what healthcare is about. No. And by the way, <laughs> as a marketer and as a capitalist, I believe in capitalism, right? Mm -hmm. There's a balance. Mm -hmm. If one of our major chain pharmacies, and I want you to hear this, so if one of our major chain pharmacies would take a step out and reach out to you, reach out to the APHA and yeah. say, 
we want to drive metrics and data and find out a solution to this problem, mm -hmm. then from a marketing perspective, they would be looked at as the hero organization mm -hmm. to solve this problem, yeah. which ultimately gives us a better patient care yeah. environment and our community pharmacists don't feel like they don't have a voice anymore. And yeah. that also goes into burnout. It's more than just the work that they're doing. It's more than the 12 hour or 14 mm -hmm. hour shifts that they didn't get to go to mm -hmm. bathroom or take their lunch break or anything like that. It's about, they don't feel like they're being heard. So why am I spending my life at this job making what? My, my paycheck, my benefits, my salary, yeah, my yeah, family. Yeah. But the stock price, what, went up 0.0001% of a, of a point. <laughs> For what? Yeah. What came of this? Well, and I and I have a joke. I said, whoever is your economist, you need to fire them. Because I don't understand that for you to have value, you have to put value into your people. If we took a step back and really invested into our staff, technician, pharmacists, you will actually, if your whole goal is money, you will actually you will make, make money. money. Exactly. You will make money. I have, I, have wrote, I have written a proposal for Walgreens and CVS in Oklahoma. Tell them, if you do this, you will actually make money. Yep. And the answer to me was nothing. Let's think about where pharma the pharmacy is. I walk into X pharmacy, right? Mm -hmm. It's a community pharmacy. It's a big retail pharmacy. Yeah. I have to walk the whole way to the back. And as I get closer to the back of the pharmacy, mm -hmm. I have all these amazing over-the-counter products, right? Yeah. Why isn't there a pharmacist, two pharmacists per staff, one in the back doing the safety checks, one out with the patient saying vitamin E for this issue? or pharmacogenomics because yeah. where are you on this or some other product mm -hmm. where they could bring products into the solution yes. and actually sell more products because a pharmacist, double pharmacist shift, and then maybe after two hours, they go in the back, they do some checks, the next pharmacist comes out, they're doing counseling, and then the community looks at a pharmacist and says, wow, I had this ailment or I had this skin rash. Yeah. This pharmacist really cared about me. Exactly. buying stuff from that guy or that gal or yeah. that doctor pharmacy. That's an education perspective mm -hmm. that turns into what? Money. Money. Well, you know, I have a word for that. You know how this conversation It's called greed. It's the idea that you need to use more people to do your bidding to make more money. But the truth that pharmacists have value from heart. You can monetize the value from it because we are caring people. Just thinking about that on a psychology level, it's, it works, you know, but for some reason in the mind is making more out of, out of less, right? That's really how they're thinking. And so what is happening, we are choosing to not stay, right? And then eventually, at the end of the day, who is going to be the person in the community fighting for the patient? Who is, who, who is that going to be? Correct. So there's like, it's a, it's a difficult subject to talk about without really being emotional because it, it angers me that we have people ahead of us who, I'm sorry, I don't care if you call yourself a healthcare company, you really don't understand the core of what it is to be within healthcare, which is first patient safety and patient care. However, that is tied directly to the way of who takes all the patient. And I think for Francis, which has been the biggest um, trying to fight is the fact that if we are not well, our patients are not well, but there's no one speaking out for how we feel. Yeah. 
we are constantly speaking about how the patient should feel, which is great. We went to school for patient care, but it starts with us. And I'll say, the domino effort starts with pharmacists, technicians. It doesn't stop with patient. doesn't start with the C or whatever. If you fix us, if you give us what we need, you have a whole train of something beautiful and amazing that makes sense. Yeah. But we are always put in the back burner. We're always the last person that people say our name. We're always the last person who say thank you to. And there's just this, we are no value. And that's why, that's why we're seeing what's happening right now, where we are saying, I'd rather work at a grocery store than to be a pharmacist. I don't care if I have that one. But because you have refused to see my value, I don't have, you don't have a need for me anymore. And so how do we come together and remind the public and remind Walgreens, CVS, Rider, and all those big companies that, hey, the people who are making money for you is your pharmacist and technician. You have a pharmacy because we have a license hanging on that store. And until we as pharmacists are given the right and a protective voice to say those things, we are always going to be afraid. And they play on that fear. That's the thing. They are literally playing on the fear of pharmacist technician because they know we're not going to go anywhere. There's no enough opportunity out there for us. So they, they have a way to manipulate us. But yes, the entire profession is awakening. There's so many innovation when it comes to pharmacy. We don't have to do community anymore. We can go anywhere. And I'm hoping that they're catching up really quick because I can guarantee that we're not going to be here waiting for them. We're all going to find a way to serve a patient one and the other. Okay. So, yeah. No more talk, take action. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> We're with Dr. Bled Tanoe. I am. It's a pleasure and an honor to help you. It is my greatest time. honor to be here, to be hanging out with everybody. I want to say thank you to those who have supported the movement. You guys made it possible. I'm, I'm just a person who started something crazy and you took it out. So, no, thank you to everybody. Hey there, Locked On Pharmacy listeners and everyone that attended the APHA 2022. I want to say thank you. I also want to give a shout out to Dr. Scott Kanor for everything that you're doing for our industry and the APHA transforming um, pharmacy, transforming the role of the pharmacist. I also want to shout out to Robert Hodges. Thank you so much for your support, Robert, and letting us be a part of this. We're so proud to be embedded in the APHA's booth. This has been a wonderful event. Stay tuned for two special episodes on the Pharmacy Podcast Network about Locked on Pharmacy and the pharmacy industry here at the APHA 2022. And thank you so much for everything you do. Together Rx.